I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not to taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. Yeah, here we are, another week of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. It's week one of the NFL. It finally happened. I think this might have been the happiest I've been all year just for something to happen. And it wasn't held up. It wasn't postponed. People didn't die. There was no COVID. There was, no, I mean, there was a lot of other crap going on in the world. And for those of you out west and some of you, I, I feel for you. And obviously we'll pray for you. But... Man, it's just good to see some football, and we're back for another week-to-week. Uh, we're going to do this on Tuesday nights um, just because of scheduling issues. But, you know, we thought it makes more sense. You know, if we wait till Thursday night, the Thursday night's already started. The game's almost ready to start by the time you guys listen. And, you know, we want to get you guys this consistency information quick. We want to make sure you're on top of things. Uh, and we want to, you know, get you involved with the waiver wires before, you know, usually they run Tuesday night, most Wednesdays, but some do run Tuesdays. But uh, so I'm really excited. Week one or weekly review, preview, whatever you want to call it. As always on that side of the glass, Ron Rigney. Ron, good to have you, buddy. Good to uh, have one week in the books, like you said. Went off pretty much without a hitch. A little weird to not see people in the stands, but yeah. was uh, you know we were welcomed to the NFL season by some some awesome performances, some consistent performances that we're hoping for for the rest of the season. So we'll talk about that here, and uh, you know just excited to get after it. We actually have some some week one stats to talk about. No more speculating anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and there's no more projections. No more. The stuff is real. Um, and speaking of real, we are really excited. How about that segue? We are really excited to introduce our new writer. He just, I, I won't say he just started today. Him and I have been talking about this for a while, but he put up his, we put up his first article today. His name is David. Jeez, oh, I couldn't even say it. I couldn't <laughs> even say David right. I'm worried about screwing up his last name when I screwed up his first name. David Guterri. David, welcome. Uh, you are going to do a weekly series for us called the Consistent Waiver Wires, where you're going to not only pick the waiver wire ads you think are you know good picks, but guys you think are going to stick around, and that's what's so important, not grabbing the one-week wonder. So, David, welcome to Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the weekly Fantasy Football Consistency Show. How have you been? And uh, uh, we're excited to have you, buddy. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's it's awesome to finally get to uh, hear your voice. <laughs> I've been speculating <laughs> what is what does Bob sound like? You know, I I got the face, but I, I don't think it's what I was predicting. But I, I like it. I'll accept it. I okay. like the voice. Thanks. Um, I've got no complaints there. Good, good. Well, so let's talk a little bit about what you're what you what we just talked about. Your what you're planning to do. This week, every week on Tuesdays, uh, this consistent waiver ads and talk about a couple of the players that you picked for this week. And I know it's only week one. There's not a lot of consistency to bank it on, but I liked a couple of the picks because they were guys that, and Ron knows, I was hyping Dallas Goddard and Neheim Himes so much. The the I mean, if you go get your consistency guide eyes guide out right now, folks, you will see that I told you Dallas Goddard was very consistent last year. In fact, he had a consistency percentage exactly the same of Zach Ertz. And I said, if you can get him, just grab him as your backup. You never know what's going to happen. If he comes out 
like he did and played last year and was consistent last year, he is going to be a worthwhile player for your team. I know I have him on a ton of my teams. Naheem Himes I have on every team. I had laughed so much when somebody asked me if uh, if I how many times how many or what their fab bid or what my fab bid was going to be for Naheem Himes in my leagues, and I said it'll be zero because I own him in every one of them. Uh, because nobody was drafting this kid. And I said, this kid is basically the Austin Eckler of the Colts. And so talk about, you know, your choices. I know those are two of my favorites, but maybe talk about some of the other ones as well real quick. Well, it's we first got to talk about what you ended on. And that's the Austin Eckler comparison, because I was crazy high on Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, not just his performance for Naheem Hines, you have to also look at Austin Eckler's performance and I feel like they're connected because I feel like I'm kind of facing the reality now with Austin Eckler that maybe it had a little bit something more to do with Philip Rivers than uh, I was given maybe uh, Philip Rivers credit for and now I look at Naheem Hines and you know you look at the 17 targets that uh, Hines, JT and Mac got together it's mm-hmm. the the comparisons are they're fair to make the Eckler comparisons. They're, they're not on the same efficiency level, you know, on a yards per carry or right. on a yards per reception. But in terms of pure volume and receptions, I think Hines really could see close to 80 receptions this year. Absolutely. Ron, I know, I know you've been a big fan of Eckler like I have. I mean, I don't know, but what are your thoughts on Eckler's first game? I thought, you know, it was a pretty fair game. I mean, it wasn't like it was terrible. It wasn't like he had five points. I mean, he had, uh, where in the heck is he? He had 9.7, mostly because he had 85 yards rushing. They did not use him in the passing game. Um, and all of a sudden, now the coach is saying, yeah, we got to get him more involved in the passing game. Wasn't this the same coach we had last year? <laughs> Well, you, you know, you would think that, you know, as, as Dave just mentioned, Philip Rivers leaves town. Your franchise quarterback after 17 years leaves town. You, you know what he's capable of. You know, he got Austin Eckler involved, and it seemed to, to be a pretty positive thing when they would get him involved. And now your franchise quarterback leaves, and you're starting Tyrod Taylor. Nothing against Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod Taylor has not been able to hold down a job in any city he's been in and been right. named starter. And he's kind of just the starter by default. When you're when your head coach is saying to the media, well, we're going to start Tyrod Taylor until somebody pushes him out of the seat, that's not really, to me, a vote of confidence for the guy that you got there. <laughs> right. So you would think they would want to use every weapon to the best of their ability. Now, 19 carries, 84 yards, that's that's great. That part was, yeah. One, yeah, well, that's awesome. <laughs> but one reception for three yards for a guy that you probably got at the tail end of the first round, second round, that's not going to get it done. So you, if, you, if you're an Eckler owner, I think only have one share of Austin Eckler – yeah, you better hope that they start getting him the ball, and I think they're going to have to if they want to have any shot at doing yeah. anything in that division with the, the teams that they're going to play week in and week out and some of the offenses that they're going to face with Denver and especially with Kansas City. Well, especially in a close game. I mean, you know, I've said yeah. all offseason, if, if Coach Lynn is smart, you know, he just says, okay, well, what's won us games in the past? Well, we used Austin Eckler a lot, and we threw to Hunter Henry a lot, and we threw to, uh, you know, Keenan Allen a lot. Well, they did throw to Eckler, or Eckler. They did throw to Hunter Henry pretty much, but Keenan Allen and Eckler both did. I'm like, who the hell are you throwing the ball to? Mike Williams? I mean, what are you doing? You, you've got these stars on your team. You paid them money. Let's use them. So I, I don't get that at all. Well, I want to add, too, real quick, that one catch came on one target. For the entire game. Yeah. One target. 
Yeah, I, like, I think uh, a lot of that too was game script related too. They were winning the whole game. They they didn't need to. And I think across the board, week one, at least I'm hoping that it had something to do with the fact that they were scheming simple run plays just to get these players warm to contact. Right. So I'm really hoping uh, we'll find out a little bit more this week against Kansas City when they're inevitably going to be losing. At well, some yeah, point. that's that's what I'm hoping for is that you know the the garbage time is going to put Eckler catching six seven balls again, and yeah, he may not get the 85 yards rushing, but he'll get it 85 yards passing and six catches, which is automatically then makes you uh, earn a clutch game. Um, so again, David, back back to you real quick. Um, Talk about a couple of other ones that we didn't mention here uh, outside of Heinz and that. Uh, Paris Campbell's one that's intriguing to me. I've heard a lot of good things about what was going on with him and Phillip Rivers in the offseason. Uh, it seems like it played out in week one. Um, you seem high on him, too. Talk about Paris Campbell real quick. Well, I was really high on Paris Campbell last year. I was really bought into him being maybe even overtaking T.Y. Hilton at some point. As a rookie, and it obviously didn't come together. He had the injuries. And I honestly was probably sleeping on him a little bit this offseason, too. But the usage week one, it just stands out. He was the Colts' leading receiver in terms of snap counts. He played 61 snaps. And 58 of those were from the slot. So I think that's really important that he's getting basically 100% of the slot usage right now. He caught six of seven targets. So I think that there's a correlation there and that if he continues to play in the slot like that, he's going to continue to have a high catch rate. Gotcha. And when you talk about Paris Campbell, he's just a freak athlete, 4'3", 140, 40-inch vertical. Like he, he can get it done, and he's a freak. And he's involved in the run game too, one carry, nine yards. So I think there's a lot of upside across the board for Paris Campbell. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk to real quick. Uh, you know, we usually only do news if something different happens from Sunday, and normally not much happens except this week. Within like the last maybe three, four hours, we have seen Mohamed Sanu sign with the 49ers because George Kittle was hurt. Uh, we already knew uh, Debo Samuel had went on the IR over the weekend, so he's out. So now they bring Sanu in. Michael Thomas brain, gets a high ankle sprain, now can miss several weeks. And you remember, you know, Saquon Barkley last year, that high ankle sprain, he came back a little quick and, you know, really wasn't as productive as we wanted to be. Uh, so we'll talk about him. And then the uh, third one is Allen Robinson is not a happy camper. Uh, and he's like, look, if you're not going to give me, pay me, then just trade me away. So let's start, uh, let's start with the most important one. Obviously, Michael Thomas owners out there. Uh, picked, you know, first round pick, depending on the league you're in, depending on your scoring method. Ron, I know you have Michael, you said maybe in a couple leagues. I, I honestly mm-hmm. didn't draft Michael Thomas at all. Um, it seemed like I didn't have the seventh pick a lot. Like I didn't have that middle pick a lot in my drafts. And when I did, I usually was, you know, picking a, a Derrick Henry or a Dalvin Cook or I, I went running back. I just felt like there just was such great depth at wide receiver that I didn't want to spend a first round pick on Thomas. But, you know, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, I have Emmanuel Sanders in a lot of leagues because I was definitely high on Emmanuel Sanders as the number two receiver there. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas at this point and, and, yeah, and the Saints as a whole? 
It seemed like I had either a top four pick or I picked at the end of the, of the first. But the two shares I have of him are actually in keeper leagues, so mm. I really didn't actually draft him in any redrafts this gotcha. year. And 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 that's huge news. I mean, that's a guy that you spent probably fifth, sixth, seventh pick on in whatever your draft is. So, right. I mean, obviously, if Emmanuel Sanders is out there, you're running to the waiver wire to throw some money or Fab, you know, to throw some Fab out there. He's probably gone in most leagues. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, especially leagues we're in, he's been gone for a very long yeah. time. He was drafted. Um, Traquan Smith maybe might be a guy that you <laughs> right. might want to Yeah, go that after. might be the guy out there, sure. Um, if you if you play in a Superflex or a 2QB league and you're struggling for a second QB, little Taysom Hill action might be something you might go after. Think outside the box a little bit because they got him involved already. You know that they've got Jameis Winston in there, and I believe they got him in there to be the actual backup quarterback. I think this is just an excuse for them to get Taysom Hill more involved in the backfield, in the passing game. In the, in the receiving game, I don't know how many snaps he played over the weekend, but he had enough that if you were able to start him, and, and now I know he's a quarterback, but if you were if you had the option to start him, you know, at running back or receiver, he would have been a nice little flex play last week. He, you know, he got a couple catches, got a couple runs, so he's somebody you might look at if you're in a two QB league that's super deep, and you maybe you might want to stash him on the bench and just kind of see what happens. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, David, let's go to you. I'll let you pick. You want to talk about Allen Robinson or do you want to talk about Mahadam Sanu? <laughs> um, I don't think there I'll just talk about Sanu by saying I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about with Mohammed Sanu personally. I mean Debo Samuel, it's IR, but it's three games. So the IR is a little bit different. Right. And Ayuk, how, how long is he going to be out for? I mean, yeah, Sanu, what is right. what has he done lately? It's a what have you done for me lately kind of league. Right. And I, I just don't know if I want to invest really anything in Sanu right now with the amount of upside there is available because he does he costs a roster spot. Even if he costs nothing, he costs a roster spot. Right. And this week they're playing the Jets, so it's not like they need, you know, they're in a desperate must-win situation. You know, they should be able to win handily over the Jets without Sanu even playing. Uh, he's probably just there as another emergency. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to start Ayuk and, and uh, you know, Dante Pettis and, and, the, and Kendrick Bourne. And, of course, you know, Kittles, you know, kind of limping around. So we'll see what he ends up doing. But, you know, for us, Raheem Mostert owners and, and Jarek, I don't have a lot of Jeremy McKinnon, but uh, Rasti, Raheem Mostert, I'm hoping they just hand him the ball about 20 times and he gets about – 200 yards rushing, and I'm in good shape. But uh, all right, last one, Allen Robinson. Do we care? I mean, do we care about the the Bears passing offense? I know that Trubisky has his moments, and he'll throw three touchdowns, and then the next week he'll throw three interceptions and 100 yards. I think Allen Robinson. If I'm Allen Robinson, I want out of the team anyway. I don't. I don't want to play for the Bears. I don't want to play with Trubisky as my quarterback. I want to go where. You know, you know, go to New Orleans or go to San Francisco, where I might get a decent quarterback. Do either one of you guys even think that? I mean, what any 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 thoughts of what do you do if you have Allen Robinson on your team? Well, first of all, didn't he willingly sign there? Yeah. Okay, so that's <laughs> the first thing. Like he willingly went to Chicago. I don't know what he thought this was going to be like, right? Um, as far as the quarterback situation, and I forget. There. Did he go there before or after Trubisky? It's a good question. I, it might have been the same offseason. I don't know. But might have been. I don't. Might either way, the, the, yeah. Either way, they saw. Yeah, the quarterback was bad. Right. It hasn't been good in the last. I don't know how many years. So, mm-hmm. needless to say, I mean, he still got targeted nine times yesterday. Five for seventy-four. He did what Allen Robinson does, and I think he's still going to have a ton of targets. You know, like we were talking about earlier today. He's got the Giants. He's got Atlanta. 
Um, Indianapolis got torched by uh, Uncle Rico over the weekend. We'll talk right. about that in a little bit. But he's got some solid matchups coming up. So even if it is Mitch Trubisky throwing him the football, he's still got some – he's going to get you those points that he gets you in those PPR leagues. So I don't yeah. think that unless – unless he just decides to just not play and hold out and demand to be traded, you know, whatever. But um, I don't think it really affects him a whole lot. I still think he's going to be the Allen Robinson that you drafted. It's going to get the targets. It's going to get the catches. Gotcha. All right, well, let's let's move along. We're about 15 minutes into the show, so we want to get to our positional, not our rankings, but our positional numbers, uh, who earned a clutch game this week uh, for the quarterbacks, a clutch factor. We start off using last year's number just because it's kind of hard to judge until about week four of where we really stand for the year. Uh, But we use 19.5 fantasy points for quarterbacks, standard scoring, four points passing touchdown. We had 22 quarterbacks, uh, so a big chunk. So a lot of scoring. And this usually happens week one. Uh, It'll start, you know, as the weather gets bad, it'll start slowing up a little bit. Uh, You know, things will start evening out. Uh, But a big week for all the quarterbacks, like I said, 22 instead of 12. I mean, the 12 is what we're kind of shooting for on a weekly basis. So big numbers this week. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to do is just ask you guys for one guy that you were shocked by how well they did this week, either based on last year, based on the matchup. Um, and I'm going to start with the new guy. So we're going to start with David. David, who's a guy that is in that top 22 there that you just kind of scratched your head and went, hmm, that was a shock. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's any that shock me that are in it. I think there's more that shock me that aren't in it. All right, fine. Then p- pick one that did not make it. Uh, well, talk about Dak Prescott for one. That was a major letdown from Dallas. I mean, it's one game, but that was a letdown. I think Teddy Bridgewater for me, I've been hyping him all off season. I think it was a prime matchup against uh, what was a weak Oakland defense last year. They brought in a few pieces, but I think I was expecting a little bit more at a, a Teddy Bridgewater for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Ron, what about you? Uh, I'm assuming Uncle Rico is your favorite here because you brought him up earlier. That was kind of a little sneak peek you snick, mm-hmm. snuck in there. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll agree with you there, Dave, on, on Teddy Bridgewater. He single-handed, well, not single-handedly, but he was one of the people responsible for tanking uh, both of my consistently cash and lineups over the weekend. Uh, needed a little more out of him against the Raiders, like you said. But, yeah, I'm looking right at you, Gardner Minshew. Now, if Gardner Minshew was on another team that wasn't in the division as my team, I would think this is awesome. And I do like Gardner Minshew a lot. <laughs> I love what he's about. I love the Fu Manchu. I love the swagger. I love that he came out of nowhere. I just hate the fact that he did it against my team, and he flat out just kicked their ass. <laughs> and the thing that you can't do, not to say that I'm surprised he's in the top 22, because I think he's definitely there, but the fact that, he was so accurate, 19 for 20, yeah. three touchdowns, you know, and that tells you why right there in Indy lost. You, can, you can't turn the ball over without forcing turnovers. And, right. I, and I, I'm still in on my team that, you know, I think Indy's going to be fine. I think defense is going to get it right. But you cannot have two turnovers and not get any turnovers back. So I'd say that's probably not to say that I'm surprised he's in the top 22. I'm just surprised he did it as, as, as accurately and just as smoothly as he was able to do it. Well, and I think – the shocking thing for everyone was that, guess what, folks? Jacksonville isn't going to play dead. Everybody thought, well, they got rid of Fournette. They got rid of, you know, they just, they're dumping all their players. They're playing for, uh, who's the kid from Clemson? Um, the quarterback. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, we're, we're tanking for Trevor. Well, guess what? They didn't. So, you know, if you were in, uh, you know, those survivor leagues, 
and you picked Indianapolis just like I did, shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you. Because you thought, oh, Jacksonville doesn't care. They're playing in Indy. It's just going to be a rollover. They're just going to take, you know, just beat the crap out of them. Nope. This is the NFL, folks. They, they, nobody tanks. Um, so well, and ja- and Jacksonville's got a sneaky good little deep receiving core there too. You know, yeah, I mean, oh we, yeah, everybody knows right. DJ Chark, but I w- I'm a huge LaVisca Chenault fan. If LaVisca Chenault was a great pick for them, could, mm-hmm. dude could have been one of the first receivers off the board if he'd stayed healthy. The Keelan Coles of the world, the D.D. Westbrooks, they've got a nice little deep receiving core there that they can do a little bit of damage with. Yeah, another question. So the guy I'm going to pick, just because – of how bad and how inconsistent he was last year. And I was basically giving him up for dead. Um, even in my prop bets this week, the system said that, you know, for passing yards over whatever it was, 265, 275, he hadn't done this against Minnesota in like four years. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I know he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's an older Aaron Rodgers. And last year he was only 38% consistent. Um, he was not putting games up like this against Minnesota last year. I think in the the second game, their game that they play, the second game of the year last year, I think he had like 180 yards passing or something. It was pathetic. So I was not expecting him to just smoke off, you know, four touchdowns and 34 points. So that was a big one for me. And, you know, kind of looking at the guys who didn't, you know, I was really expecting the Drew Brees, Tom Brady to be a shootout. Tom Brady's up there at ninth with twenty, almost twenty-five fantasy points. Drew Brees has sixteen. Like, w- w- wait, what? <laughs> um, he was supposed to throw a bunch of touchdowns and three hundred some passing yards, and that didn't happen. So, not sure if it was Drew Brees or the offense or or what happened there. I know Brady threw some interceptions, and you know New Orleans got ahead, so maybe it was game script for that. But that was quite a shock to me. So, Ron, I'll let you uh, run the running backs here and. Uh, you know, kind of do the same thing we we just did with the quarterbacks. So when I'm looking at this, probably the guy that I think is, you know, the, the biggest surprise for me being up there is going to be Adrian Peterson. And, and not to say that I don't think Adrian Peterson's got a little bit right. left in the tank, but I think that just the fact that he and DeAndre Swift are, are both up there, um, you know, he, he ran the ball well, but I, I, I see that Detroit offense, and I don't know, man, there's not a lot really that, that we're looking at there that we love. I mean, you know, Kenny Galladay was out, so that hurt a little bit. But, you know, with DeAndre Swift as well, dropping a big touchdown catch towards the end of the game there. Could have been the game winner. Uh, could have put him right in it. Still scored a touchdown, so still was still was pretty solid. Uh, another guy that I'm, I'm shocked is, is there. It's a guy that I was huge on. If you listen to the Consistently Cashin podcast, this was a guy that I built all my lineups around, and that's Zach Moss. And Zach Moss swooped in and saved me with a touchdown reception. Otherwise, didn't run the ball too well. But I do like to see him up there. But I'd say those are probably my, my biggest surprises there. But especially Adrian Peterson. I don't think anybody would have pegged him to be one of our top 20 consistent running backs this week. Right. Especially since he just came into the team, what, a week ago? Yeah. You know, and Swift was healthy. Carryon Johnson was healthy. I'm like, okay, well, he's there to help out. I, You know, nope. Boom, he takes over and... 14.4 points later, he's there. So, David, your thoughts? For me, running backs, I don't want to say I was surprised that this guy finished this high, but I was surprised the way he did it, and that was Raheem Mostert. And I've been we, – we, you talked about him before. I've been all over Raheem Mostert all uh, year. Man crush beyond belief, my friend, for me. Last year, last <laughs> year he was 
one of the most productive runners the second half there. He finished his RB25, and he didn't even see action until, like, real action until the last six games. He scored 13 touchdowns in his last nine games last year. He had a touchdown in eight of the last nine games. So you talk about the rushing. All that he was missing was the receiving. And then to see him go out and lead the team in receptions, four for 95 in that touchdown, and to see that Kyle Shanham is using him creatively, is going to get him additional touches in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got top five potential at this point now. So, Ron, is David preaching to the choir or what? <laughs> he, he is for sure. Yeah, I've, I've heard this all offseason, Dave. When yeah. he says man crush, that's putting it lightly yeah. with, with Raheem Mostert. I, can't, yeah, no, no, I, I tell you, David. I can't, every... can't disagree with anything you guys have no, said definitely. about him and Bob. Right. I can't disagree with anything you said about him all offseason either. I mean, he's, right. he's going to be the real deal there in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm telling you, David, I'm in, I don't know, 25, 35 leagues. I guarantee you I have mostered in 80% of that teams. And the only reason I don't in some of them is because they were a keeper league probably and somebody you know, kept him from the year, last year, and I didn't didn't get a chance to get him. Big fan of Mostert. Yeah, yeah, I had one league where it was my home league and I had three drafts going on at the same time, and I accidentally kind of picked him as my third running back in round five before I had a first receiver. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then week one erased all my doubts. I was like, yeah, yeah I don't right. care. Now you got him as your flex. He's the, he's, he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, some of my picks, or my pick, I guess, I, I guess I, you know, most of my, I was more shocked by who didn't make it, I guess, at running back. Um, yes, I know Baltimore's got a good defense, but Nick Chubb rub, ripped off over 100 plus yards last year in Baltimore against them. Um, just was manhandled by them except for about one play. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon, I thought for sure, would, would have a good day against the Chargers. Nothing. Uh, you know, Lev Bell, nothing. James Conner, nothing against the Giants. Then he gets hurt. That boy is, is so written off my thing forever and ever. Uh, you know, uh, but I think the thing that shocked me the most, and granted some of it was injury-related, was, you know, and I think we should be getting smarter as fantasy analysts and fantasy experts at not thinking that if a team drafts a rookie running back, that it's going to take, quote, some time for them to get used to the system and get used to, you know, wait, kind of wait for the veteran to kind of give up the reins. Because we see, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor, granted that was an injury, more injury, maybe not. J.K. Dobbins comes in and gets two rushing touchdowns at a spot where Marv, Mark Ingram always got the ball in the goal line. Nope. Now it's J.K. Dobbins, you know, uh, Joshua Kelly, Zach Moss, Benny Snell, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, Malcolm Brown, I guess, has been there for a while, but still kind of the new guy on the block. Uh, You know, of course, Edward Solaire, we expected, but nobody was waiting for the the veterans to step out of the way. They just came in and took it away. And, you know, maybe that's something we, you know, as we look next year, you know, especially from the consistency standpoint, I have a feeling that the consistency for running backs in their first year is going to skyrocket up this year because there's a lot of good guys that are going to, you know, move up there. So, all right, well, David, let's move over to the wide receivers, and I'll let you kind of start the game here. Of uh, Now, there's a lot of them. There's 43. We usually – our average is supposed to be around 36. But, again, big week, a lot of th- passing. Uh, what is one guy, and I know there's a ton of them there, that 
maybe surprised you the most to be in not only the top 43, maybe the top 10, uh, top 20 that you just wasn't expecting to see after week one? Let's talk about my boy, big play Slay, right? Darius Slayton. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting big things out of Darius Slayton this year. But week one, matchup against Pittsburgh, I was hoping maybe he he burns Joe Hayden in a size speed, you know, advantage and like for a big play, maybe a big touchdown. I don't think anyone was expecting him to do this, even with Golden Tate out. So Darius Slayton does this week one against Pittsburgh's defense, he's got to be a must start at this point, I feel like. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Good call. And, you know, I'm a big Golden Tate fan because he had more consistency last year than Slayton. I was disappointed he was hurt. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it evens out if when Tate comes back, but um, no, I mean, Slayton certainly has proven. He certainly has had his good games when he's been the focus. So uh, definitely a good call on that. Uh, Ron, how about you? Well, you know, the, the thing with Slayton too, he allowed me uh, in a league that I play in with our guy, Nate Dawkin, he allowed me to put a spanking on Nate Dawkin last night. So anytime nice. I can do that, that's always yeah, good. Because always Nate, Nate has, has dominated me in, in fantasy baseball the last couple of years. So got back at him. Um, I would say probably with based upon the inconsistent or the, I, I guess, mildly consistent day that Teddy Bridgewater had, I'm kind of surprised that Robbie Anderson's up there. Uh, I, and, 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 you know, six grabs, buck 15 and a score. I would have thought that uh, that would he would have got to, Bridgewater would have found him a little bit more. But nonetheless, you got to love that production that you got out of Robbie Anderson because you got Robbie Anderson pretty cheap. But I, I'm a little shocked to see him up as high as he is. I think he's at what, number eight, number nine there. So he's a top 10 guy right Right above another guy that I'm a little shocked at Sammy Watkins as well. In that first game of the season, Sammy Watkins going off on that Thursday nighter against Houston. Well, but see, I go back to last year in the first game of the year when Sammy Watkins scored three, three passing touchdowns or got three receiving touchdowns and then didn't do crap the rest of the year. So that I always feel like that week one is always between Deshaun Jackson and Sammy Watkins, it's always a week one, even though Deshaun Jackson let us down this year. But Sammy Watkins is like a week one. You know, you should put him in your cash lineup every week one and then never put him in your grant. Um I'll tell you what, the guy that surprised me, at, because I don't – he's got to be on the waiver wire, and that's the guy that's right below Sammy Watkins and Russell Gage. Now, granted, I realize that, you know, uh, uh, Matt Ryan threw, I don't know, a 200 times for like 5,000 yards. I mean, your top 10 at number two is Calvin Ripley, or Calvin Ridley. Your number seven is Julio Jones, and your number 11 is Russell Gage, and they're all over 20 points. I mean, that is a hell of a week for wide receivers on one team. Now, will we ever see Russell Gage there again? Eh, probably not. Um, definitely not somebody I would expect a David to put into the consistent waiver wire ads. But he will be picked up by everybody. These are the kind of guys we try to tell people not to do. Don't jump on the one-week wonders. He's one of them. Scantling's going to be another one. Um, you know, those are the guys who are like, mm, let's, let's give him a few more weeks. Um, I expect to see Alan Lazard. I mean, Devontae Adams obviously had a huge week. You know, that was all, all well and good. Um, but, you know, again, uh, we got some time. So we got, about, we got about 14 minutes. Let's take a look at the bottom section, the guys who let us down this week. There are some names on there, including, you know, uh, uh, you know guys like Michael Thomas. <laughs> now, granted, okay, he had an ankle sprain, but. 4.7 points come on guys that's 
The only person that had less than that that was probably a starter in fantasy was Christian Kirk. Maybe he's not a starter in most fantasy leagues, but a lot of people had a lot of love for him. But, you know, let's let's go back to you, Ron. What is a guy down there in that bottom section, whether you have him on your team or not, do you feel like you're done with? Like, like he he's not going to be on your team. You don't feel like he's ever coming back to be at a level that he was in the past. Um, I you you know who mine is. <laughs> well, that's that's that was going to be the first one out of my mouth, but I'm going to save that because I'm going to let you handle that one because we you know we talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. um, off air. Um, I've got to say a guy that I I don't I don't know if I'm done with. Um, I don't know if there's really I I'd, I'd say maybe Devonte Parker, just because put up the monster season last year, but it seems like it took us so long to get that monster season, mm-hmm. and then already out the gate he's got ailments, he's got issues, he's got you know something bothering him. So I, I think he's a guy. Not to say that you know he couldn't be you know if you're willing to wait it out. I mean he is only I think 27 years old, so he's still got a lot of football left in him. If he does figure it out, maybe if Tua comes in there and you know adds a little bit more of a dynamic playmaker in the in, in the at the quarterback spot, he could be a guy. But I think Devontae Parker, he's a guy that I didn't draft anywhere. I inherited him on one of my one of my uh, dynasty teams, and he let me down this week. So if I had to pick one on that list, I'd say it's probably him. All right, before I go to David, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to talk about the guy at number 51 this past week. He okay. plays for your team. He does. Is 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 he is his time done? Is is his has he more than peaked? Is is it is it, is he riding off into the sunset this year as as a valuable even wide receiver two or three anymore? And that's T. Um, I I think you know what we what we talk about every week is consistency, right. and I think that as much as I love my Colts, as much as I love T. Y. Hilton, he is the Anti consistency receiver. I mean, right. he doesn't. He's just whether it be because you know he just has a bad game. He's another guy. Always has some sort of an ailment. Always has a hamstring. Always has an ankle. Always right. has some some sort of thing. I th- I do think he's got some big games left in him. Okay. And I think if you can afford to have him, maybe as your wide receiver three, maybe even if you're rich enough that you have him at a flex spot, I think mm-hmm. he can pay off for you in the right matchups if he's healthy. But the problem is he doesn't stay healthy, and he just signed a little bit of an extension, got a little bit of money, so maybe that'll. Yeah. But I mean, little how bit, do you get bit. a better matchup than Jacksonville? Right. I mean, well, I mean you know, what are we, we waiting we on? Talk, <laughs> we talked about it before, and you know, Dave was talking about talking to Paris Campbell. You know, right. Michael Pittman's Paris Campbell's of the world. They've got weapons. You know, the yeah. Naheem Hines. So he may not get the target share either. So that's that's something yeah, that you got to think true. about too. But I think just when you combine the target share, when you combine his health, his inconsistent play, love him to death in real football. I can't trust him in fantasy football. He's not a guy that I don't think I have one share of this year. Yeah, and I I actually drafted him in a few leagues because I thought, well, he's a wide receiver three, right? Come on, he's got to put up at least that. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. So, all right, David, anybody down there that you're not comfortable with moving forward, whether he's on your teams or not, um, that you just feel like it's just, it's just not. They're they're kind of out the door. I'll tell you what, I am so done with the Browns version of Odell Beckham. <laughs> Damn I've, I've had <laughs> enough. I have had... Oh, did, is that your guy, Bob? I'm, no, I, 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 right? no, go ahead, because I'm going to no, talk there's... about... 
Because I'm going to talk. Say, there's enough. There's enough hate to go around that you both can talk about. Yeah, because I'm going to talk about. Time, I watched so, yeah. the game live, not live on television, and I'm going to talk about what I saw when I get to my, to me talking. But you go ahead because it, the, the more I can hear hatred toward this man, the better for me. <laughs> I mean, you gotta keep scrolling down the list to find them. I'm like, yeah. it's a disap- it's a disappearing act every now and then. It ain't just every now and then anymore. And, I have heard right. a million and one headlines about Odell Beckham on the Browns. I've read this. I've read that. Ain't not one of them had to do with him doing something good on the football field. It's it's not working with him and his quarterback. I don't care that it was the Ravens' buzzsaw of a defense. It's just not happening in Cleveland. No. So let me expound on I watched this game on television. He had 10 targets in this game. Now, granted, there were some bad passes. Some were tipped. Some was a defense. But the you can just see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it when he's on the sidelines. Uh, he dropped a ball literally that I could have caught. I mean, it hit him in the hands for only five yards out. It wasn't even thrown that hard. He just lost focus. He just doesn't care to be there. It doesn't. And to be honest with you, if I'm any team in the NFL, I don't even want him on my team. I mean, he is, you know, he is the Randy Moss from when the Randy Moss played for the Raiders. He just doesn't want to be there. He wants out. He's not going to say it because, you know, he's there with his best friend, Jarvis Landry, and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And granted, you know, Baker made a few bad uh, passes, um, and the line was, is better. But that defensive line for the Ravens are is brutal. I mean, I, I, I anytime you're going to have any fantasy guys, especially running backs, quarterbacks against the Ravens, think twice. Um, but it's just the attitude. It's like, dude, at least Jarvis Landry is trying. At least he's making an effort. Make he's making his cuts properly. He's, you know, he's being where he's supposed to be as a, as an NFL wide receiver. Beckham is not doing that. And like I said, from what I saw on his face in the game, which you know, unless you watch that game, you know, you didn't see. He just doesn't want to be there. He is. I, I mean, I didn't draft him anyway. I wouldn't. He could be the last pick in the draft, and I would still pick. <laughs> You know, this water bottle over him. Um, just no way. I, I'm just so done. Um, and and I wish, you know, I, I really hope that he pulls up, quote, hurt, like in, in a week or two, and then sits out the rest of the season and lets somebody else at least cares to be out there. Now, granted, it's going to be a different game. The Bengals obviously are a lot less talented on the defensive side. And it is on television. So don't be shocked to him to go off and have a big game on television, <laughs> all this crap, because you know it's going to happen. But at that point, if you own him, and I'm talking to every one of you, the tens of people that are listening to our podcast, maybe there's hundreds, but I'm going to say tens, uh, <laughs> those you listening out there, if you have him, start him this week. When he has a good game, put him on the trade block as fast as you can, and get any bag of rocks and gummy bears or whatever you can get for him and get him off your team before somebody else figures it out. I'm telling you right now, this guy is done. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be there. I've had it with him. Um, I really thought, you know, like he said a lot of the right things in in the press in in Cleveland, 
you know, I watched on television and read in the papers and all this stuff. And, you know, and, and they kept everything quiet. The hype was down. I thought, well, maybe they've got their act together. And again, maybe Baltimore is just a bad way to start. And maybe this will all change. And, and as a Browns fan, I hope so. But like I said, it's the, it's the look on the face. It's the look in the eyes. The, you could just see it. He doesn't want to be there. He, he you know, but. So, anyway, <laughs> we have five minutes left because I ranted way too long about how my hatred for Odell Beckham Jr. Let's go to tight ends. A um, lot of interesting ones up top, a lot of interesting ones at the bottom. Um, on the plus side, 17 uh, tight ends did earn a clutch game, so that's a good thing. Uh, usually it's supposed to be around 12, but, you know, again, uh, a lot of throwing this week, a lot of passing. Uh, so, David, let's go to you. Uh, who's a guy that surprised you to be up there in that top 10, top 15 list? I think it's Noah Fant. I mean, I was not anywhere near as high as I should have been on Fant, I feel like, after this game. I know Sutton wasn't playing, but he just popped off the screen every time he had the ball. He's huge. He's fast. And I think he's he's going to be a problem this year. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Ron, what about you? Kind of the same thing for me last night. John New Smith was a guy that I think kind of stood out. You know, just I, maybe I've just not watched a lot of the Titans, not a lot, not watched a lot of. He John did New nothing Smith. last year. I, I was shocked by that. Yeah, John New Smith, and and plus too, the dude looks like a Greek god out there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. huge. He's fast. He looks. He reminds me a lot of OJ Howard athletically, but he's actually putting up stats. On well, he OJ looks Howard, a lot but, like Delaney Walker. Yeah, that's I mean, true. He basically, yeah, he looks like a, a, a clone of him. Yeah, so he's probably the guy that surprised me the most. I will say, too, it's surprising for me to see Jimmy Graham rise from the dead and make it inside <laughs> our top 15 as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you may not ever see it again, so snap a picture mm-hmm. of it. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I think the one that uh, has to shock everybody, because I don't even I didn't even know this guy was the starting tight end for a football team, is Logan Thomas. Oh, and, yes, you said it. That's my guy. He is legit. Let me talk about Logan Thomas. Please do, because I don't know anything he, about this dude, other than the I'll fact that what. this bastard beat me in the Kings Classic League. <laughs> yep. He was a quarterback. We all know him as the quarterback who failed, because that's what he was at Virginia Tech for five years. That's what he was drafted as. That's what he failed as and was cut by the Cardinals after a year. But before all of that quarterback banana stuff, he was the number one recruited tight end in his class above Zach Ertz and Tyler Eifert. He just got bamboozled by Coach Frank Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech, who had coached Tyrod Taylor and Michael Vick into playing quarterback. He wanted another crazy athlete at QB. But Mm. now he transferred back to tight end because he failed. He couldn't get on the Giants or Dolphins practice squad as a QB after he failed on the Cardinals. He got signed the day he converted to tight end off the Lions practice squad to the Bills. Has improved to three straight years as his team's tight end three. Got paid two for six million this year to be the starter. And he's an elite athlete. Look at his combine. It was a few years ago, but he's nice. an elite athlete. There you go. For all for you tens of fans out there listening to hear me rant about it. Now you got some good information. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah, so like I said, at King's Classic, I played against uh, David uh, Richards from uh, CBS Sports. And I was like, Logan Thomas? Who in the hell is Logan Thomas? He scores 13 points, and I, lo- and I lose. I, was the only, he's, I could have beaten every team in the league except him. 
and I lose by eight, and he has 13.7 points. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, who now is this guy? So now we all know who <laughs> Logan Thomas is. So thank you, David. All right. Um, so we've got about a minute, half left. So, David, again, thank you for being here. We're hoping to have you here every week and our article every week. But I know you do stuff at other sites. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and uh, your other articles? Yeah, if you want to just follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Guru Fantasy World. No, no O in the world, kind of ripping off Juice World a little bit. And then if you want to check out the website, it's gurufantasyworld.blogspot.com. And I also do the waiver report at fantasyandframes.com. With our good friends, Jorge Edwards over there. Good man. Um, all right, Ron, as always, uh, tell everybody where you're, where you're at, what you're doing. At The Real Monday on Twitter, we're recording a new Nasty Cast and a new uh, Dynasty Baseball show this week. Myself and my man Van Lee, so check that out. Baseball season's winding down. Week two of consistently cashing. We're going to do it better for you this week, I promise you that. I'll be absent for the podcast, but I'll be all over the article. We'll have those lines ready for you, and hopefully we'll win you some cash this week and redeem ourselves from the egg that we laid in week one. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't do well on the prop bets either. Prop bets uh, consistency system this week uh, only hit 46%. I mean, some people say, well, that's not terrible. Yeah, to me it is. Uh, but we're going to, you know, we're going to run it this week. I mean, I always feel like week one is very difficult every anyway because, you know, you don't have anything much to base it on with the new, you know, changes in defenses and that. But we'll be back this week. We'll, we'll have some, you know, the numbers will be there. We'll do that show on Saturday morning as well. So, so once again, uh, myself, Ron Rigney, David Guattari, thank you again for being here. Uh, we're looking forward to it every week. So everybody have a good week. Take care. We'll talk to you next week here.